You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. I'm here, and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Woo, fellas, the mailbox has been flooded with all the positive reviews of Space Jam this week, and I just am overwhelmed, but we ain't going to talk well, about that. Well, we know that. that's a lie. I, I I hate everything about your intro just then, other than uh, it's your boy time here with another episode of Cinnamon and Sugar. After that, it went to shit, okay? I just want to make sure that we let no, let that be known. However, I can say this. I checked social media uh, my timeline and I ran through and it was a lot of people say, hey, if you hated Space Jam, then you just a hater. I don't understand that because I didn't like the first one either. So if I didn't like the first one and I didn't like the second one, how does that automatically make me a hater? I just know that the first one was more enjoyable than the second one because I didn't really know what the plot was. And then once I got the plot down, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I've been there, done that. But yeah, it was. I think it was an awful movie. I think everybody just got to say you're a hater because it's that bad of a movie. Oh, you're a hater. Like as a true movie critic, it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. I think everybody has, they, they're stuck on their fandoms. That's all it can be. That goes both ways. That's why people die on the bridge defending the original space jam too. It's only a yeah. five out of 10. It's not an amazing movie, no, but again, people die on the bridge. They love their guys and they stick by it no matter what. That's that's time. Time's gonna I, die I on that bridge. That, I think that's my thing, though, is if you if you can't say that the original Space Jam was not all that, I mean, because obviously we loved it because nostalgia. We watched it as kids, but somebody literally tried to tell me that Michael Jordan was a good actor the other day. Ain't nobody tell you well, that. You just I, lied on this so, podcast. Well, you lied on like, this podcast. Well, told hold you on, that. hold on, hold on. We also we remember. I've heard people say, "Oh, LeBron James is a great actor from his." 30-second spot in a movie, Trainwreck. That is not good acting. Like, I don't care what you say. Just because you have a 30-second spot does not make you a good actor as a cameo. So I hate when people do that because they don't know. They're just – it's their fandom. That's all it is. I I, I do have to say this. I do have to say this, and I have been waiting to the perfect opportunity, and the perfect opportunity is now. And I don't want to pass this up, and I hate having to say this, Gary – I really do because I really love disagreeing with you. But you are the first person on this podcast when LeBron James said that he was going to L.A. You said it best. You said he's going there to do what? Make movies. movies. He Correct. did exactly what you said he was going to do. And time fought you tooth and nail. He no, was like, no. He's going to, yes, said you he did. Was going. No, yes, I, you did. LeBron even said he was going there for the business purposes of making movies. Well, you've been, you've been supposed to some of that. No, good he stuff. made a movie and he found out that he is trash at making movies. I hope he changed. I, I hope he get his shit together. I do. I really do. I, I hope he either change teams well, the or change is, the fact that he, he really he wants to be an actor. He won't just because you had the diehards that are going to go watch him and support him no matter what. They're not realistic, and that's the thing that kills me. They're, nobody's realistic. When it comes to Jordan or LeBron, nobody's realistic. They're It's their guy or the highway. They're, no, they're not impartial. I'm not a fan of either one, and I can honestly say Jordan's better, and I don't like either one of them. I just go by everything yeah. that I've seen, but yeah. I'm a hater because of that. And that's not – I don't say LeBron's not good. LeBron is arguably the second best player of all time. Yeah, well, well see, this is this is what you fall into, though, Gary, when we talk about, you know, LeBron James. We talk about, 
you know, Michael Jordan. We can say Christian Ronaldo. We could talk about Pele Pele. We could talk about world athletes that are on the national stage. We all know that people don't watch them because of their athletic talent. People watch them because of how much money that they make, okay? Because there's a lot of people out there that have athletic talent that are at the top of their game that are not getting paid a lot of money, and we just kind of breeze white by. I'm like, oh, okay. But as soon as they start making money, we just like, oh, you know, who is this guy? With that being said, I don't know about I'm that. A, I, I'm gonna tell you. They make a lot of money. I don't watch them. I, I, I'm gonna t- <laughs> tell you this. You you watch Tiger lie. Woods. He was the only one that was making money like that. Was Tiger Woods? <laughs> I got you. Tiger Woods was the one. And when and when Tiger was up swinging and you was flipping through the channels, your ass stopped and wait till he finished swinging. I bet oh, yeah. you did. He's Everyone did. I, I I'll give you I'll give you another example and I'll get to my point. I never am in a million years will watch baseball. I think it's the worst shit to ever watch on TV. It's worse than golf. It's absolutely worse than golf. But when Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire was going after that home run record and I was flipping the channels and one of them was up the bat, shit, I'm staying there. I got to well, watch and see what's more going. about it being exciting. That's not how much money they make. Oh. See, see, mine wasn't – I liked – for me, it was pitchers. Like Pedro Martinez dominating made me watch. What? And I grew up playing, so watching Ooh. a pitcher dominate a team like Pedro or Roger Clemens. Would be, you didn't like the big unit? I loved Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson okay. was amazing. Him and Kurt Schilling on the Diamondbacks okay. pitching, one-two was outrageous. Like okay. that, I, I don't, I'm not, because it's there's more skill to trying to strike people out. It still takes skill to hit a home run, but if you hit in the right spot, it, it can go out. Right. Like, I, I think it takes a lot more skill to shut people out. Yeah, but my whole point is this, time. My whole point is this. Christian Ronaldo right now can make that same movie and it'll do the same numbers it'll that LeBron – it'll do better. It'll do better. Not because he's a good actor, but because that many people is interested in what Christian Ronaldo has going on. So I'm telling you right now, nobody gives a fuck that LeBron James is a horrible actor. They just like what he does for the game of basketball and his activism that he does, that if he does anything, it's going to garner eyes, not because it's good, but because it's LeBron James. That's what fantasy football, fantasy basketball and this fantasy and this this uh, fan duel and and all these gambling sites. Yeah. These pop up gambling sites are taking advantage of it's it's single handedly taking the power from the team. And giving it to each individual player because now I don't give a damn about the team. I just want my player to do good because I need you to win me some championships. Right. And that's that's what's going on right now. That's the effect of fantasy basketball or fantasy just in general taking over the sport. It's single-handedly giving the power to the players. So guess what? Like Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols, when he was big in baseball, had he made a movie? Shit, it would have been just as big as LeBron James' movie. Because he he garnered those eyes. Christian Ronaldo, if he decided that he wanted to put a movie together, it's going to do way better than his. And it could be like a Slumdog Millionaire type movie that uh, up until the end may not make any sense at all. you just like, dude, this is stupid as hell. But it'll be number one in the box office. So, again, I'm asking you, when you say it's a good movie, what are you referencing it to? What are you comparing it to? Uh, this fandom. The, the tops, like Aladdin and... <laughs> You know. Gary, what you do? What did you do this week? I almost got all the way out of character. Just this. <laughs> That's the thing. You can't have an honest conversation. Bro, That's I almost. I hate talking to him. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. What, what did you do this weekend, man? 
Well, you know, I, I cleaned up a little bit. I did some gaming and uh, cleaned up some more, and that's I, about. Oh hell, no! I ain't finna let you scam over this because I had a conversation with you about this. What was the coaches meeting about? Was, I, I know you had a you had a coaches meeting on what was it Thursday or Friday? It was last uh, Tuesday. Last Tuesday. How was how was your coach? What did y'all talk about? Like, hey, you know, uh, you know, we're gonna have a shitty season again. I just want to let y'all know that you know we're gonna go out and we're gonna try to look good. I, I just want to know what like what is what are the coaches saying to you? Because again, y'all didn't win a game last year. So I mean, Different you truly starting that. from the bottom. You uh, truly start. I can't wait to take your five hundred dollars per I, win. I, but I, I I'm I'm telling you right now, Gary. I and and I can't make this up. I played football for a very long time. Uh you have played football for a very long time, and time has watched football for a very long time. Hey, I played and, paper football before school, you know what I'm saying? Where you flick that thing and it okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. There's two sides to every coin. I'm going to tell you the head side. The head side is the coaches, okay? The head side is the coaches. They're going to put you in all the right positions. They're going to give you all the right coaching. They're going to be the ones that hold you accountable, right? When you flip that coin over, it's a tails, right? On the tails side of that coin, you have the players. The players necessarily, they, they work with each other, but it takes both sides to make this coin. You ain't got both sides, brother. You got the coaching staff, but you got shitty players. And then when you got good players, you got shitty coaches. So I'm trying to see when you're going to put it together. This $500 per win is going to be nice. I can't wait for AFT. It ain't going to happen, I'm telling you. I know I know one of the coaches there. He ain't committed. I'm always So you asked what we thought about. It's more of just like a normal coaching staff would be. It's like, okay, you're going over to players. Who's Well, first you have to go over who's JV, who's varsity, all that type of stuff. And then you're also going over, hey, here's your duties that you're going to be doing each day of practice. Here's how the practice schedule is going to go. Your duties that you're going to have game day and here's what you're in charge of game week all that kind of stuff just breaking down the the monotonous stuff that coaches have to go through to get prepared for game weeks and all that kind of stuff just like as players we hated that crap because it got it's redundant it's the same stuff over and over again that type of stuff it's the same meeting same stuff can can i interview you gary can i interview go ahead i i I really i really want our listeners to hear this because You're going to love I, it because media guys hate interviewing me and my answers. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, well this is going to be a great interview because I I really want you to help our listeners understand this. So we saw the Miami Dolphins, you know, uh, we've seen a team go 0-16 in the National Football League. Like, what is it like being a coach on the team that you're on right now in high school? They didn't win a game, obviously. Like, what do you what do you tell them? to keep their morale up when they literally haven't won a game? Like, how are you motivating me to do something when I know that there's nothing there? You see what I'm saying? So we used what we won in the spring game we won. So you use that as momentum. And then you also go off of how the games went last year. You see, okay, hey, we we were within three points of this game and we had a turnover because it was just bad ball security. So you bring up the positives that happened in the game. You don't harp on the negatives. You only talk about the positives and you keep them focused on that. And once they focus on that, then they can see what they can do. Hey, we had opportunities to win games and we choked it ourselves away. They didn't do anything to make it happen. It was us. Just like when Memphis lost the game because their running back fumbled against Louisville, it was the running back's fault. It wasn't the team. It was the running back's fault. So, cause he let the ball go. So like stuff like that. 
Ah, uh, I see you took wow. a little shot there at the end. You still take a little about? shot, Ty. I, I was just asking, man, because I, I, I know. So it's the opposite no, that's what of what you had to do. You have to give them positives. You can't obviously, obviously, you're gonna bring up negative stuff because you yeah. have to show, they have to learn from it. But that's why you're focusing on the new stuff. It's, it's behind you. It's very like, interesting. It's very interesting, Gary. And, and the reason why I wanted to interview you and ask you that question is because it's the complete opposite when you have a team that's. Six and one, or five and two, or or eight and three. The it's more so. Hey, you're one or two plays from being four and four, or you're one or two plays from being three and five. So yeah, you got you to fight the team being complacent at that point. Well, right, we're right, good, right. we know it, and then you play down the, to the level of the team you're playing, and then you lose, and then you're like, well, what just happened? Well, y'all didn't take it serious. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so so Gary, you're going against the number one team in Florida. They got a lot of dogs on their team and all that. You're the head coach, and you have the team that you have right now. How do you get them prepared to get this ass whooping that they're about to get? Because I saw how bad y'all are. You so if y'all play against the number so, one team, no, you just all you, you do. You get what I'm asking, gotta, though. Yeah, you got you, all you do is you just gotta. You, hey, we're gonna game plan so those players can't affect the, the game. We're gonna if it's a DN, we're gonna run away from them. Okay. And then they're going to have to stack the box, and then we'll do a screen or something backside, or we'll hit them backside where they're over-pursuing. You have to use their strengths against them. Okay. I, I apologize, Gary, because I, I that interview was supposed to show me that you wasn't ready, but it did the complete opposite. It showed me that you was. I apologize. Again, I know at the end of this year, I'm still not going to have to pay shit. I'm not going to I'm not gonna have to pay anything because, I mean, I'm pretty confident – not in the coaching staff, but in the kids that y'all have there, that they're going to live up to my expectations of letting me down. It's going to be interesting when you end up coming here for a practice and they all hear this and you go see everybody. Oh, I'm cool <laughs> with that. I'm And I'm going to talk just like you do. I'm going to lie to them just like you. Hey, <laughs> y'all got this. You know what I'm saying? Y'all y'all can do and, it. And all you got to do is listen to the podcast and be like, oh, well, he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> you want right. to be cool. You're one right. or two plays for having a winning record, even though y'all got y'all ass smacked 52 to six. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gee, wow. Yeah, but what I did. This hey, week, D, hold on. Before you go oh. for you, what you did this weekend, we got to shout out our sponsor, Snickers. When you're hungry, grab a Snickers. If you have a friend that likes to hijack the podcast, grab a Snickers to eat while they're taking it over. And we appreciate Bro. you sponsoring this next segment. Hey, Snickers. you was real close, Tom. You real close. <laughs> you you get real close to these little words and shit. I'm really calling me what you want to call me, bro. I like if you. All right. So what'd you do this weekend? So now you calling me a Snickers? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so this weekend, um, I went on a fifty-mile bike ride on Sunday, which Are was you sure you did, or did yeah, because I, I didn't, I I didn't ride on Friday, um, uh, I didn't ride on Saturday. The guys went out to Boone and they did forty-five uh, miles of forty-five hundred feet of elevation climb. I don't know if you guys know, but that's a lot of elevation. That's just mountain climbing, basically six, seven, eight, probably ten, twelve percent grade for miles. Uh, it's a thousand miles every ten miles, basically, uh, which is which is insane. Um, but they went on that, and I kind of set it out because it was a two-hour drive to get there, and I'm like, I'm not taking a two-hour drive to get there. So I end up riding on Sunday, which we did 50 miles at almost a 21 mile per hour pace. It was fun. Uh, it was uh, not hot, so it was great. But you know, I didn't really do anything. But I watched the Olympics, bro. I watched the Olympics. And I have so many 
questions, bro. Well, so many your... questions. And not only do I have so many questions, I'm going to tell you that got me. I want to I, I wanna ask y'all this. What Olympic sport have you watched that you ideally don't watch on a normal basis and you just like, that shit's stupid, but it's hard, though. I'm going to tell you what I was watching, bro. I was watching synchronized diving. And all I could think about was Gary couldn't be my partner because his neck is so jacked up that he wouldn't be able to do some of the moves and he'll hinder us like he did us in the amazing race. Well, Gary so, could be your partner because you don't know how to swim. No, I do know how to swim. <laughs> Gary doesn't know how to dive. I'm telling you right now, he That's wouldn't be wild. able to look to see where he going to dive because he has limited movement in his neck. But I was, bro, I was, for I felt like an hour and a half, dude, I'm watching synchronized diving. And by the end of this, I understood everything. The penalties, the what was going like why people was getting penalized for certain things that six six points to seven and a half was good. Anything below that, like five and a half or less, was just average. It was it was crazy. Just what's the most complicated dive you saw? Three point four, bro. It was the last one, and it was um, it we tried the USA. We tried to do it. It was three point four. Uh, we did 3.1. The harder the dive, the synchronized dive, the uh, the lighter they go on you, them judging it, if it makes any sense. If it's an easy dive, then it's they're more critical on you. But if it's a harder, more complicated dive, they take in the fact that it's a complicated dive. And so they kind of give you like this learning curve, if you will. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting there watching it and it was America. They tried to get back in it. They needed X amount of points just to get bronze. And fell short because, you know, one lady hit the hit the uh, water before the other lady or didn't go all the way uh, vertical, like they say in the 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 uh, the analytics. Uh, but, yeah, I watched it for an hour and a half, dude. Didn't understand shit at first and completely understood it. I just wanted to know if y'all was watching an Olympic sport that you don't ideally normally watch. That's like weird. But you just like, oh, this shit's kind of cool today. I actually have not watched any of it recently, but I would say the one that usually gets me is either like the uh, the little rings, like the the rings you hang on and you do all the little Gymnastics. crap like that, because there's so much gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, that, and then like even with the balance beam and gymnastics, like I I don't have the balance like that to do that kind of stuff, and they're they're doing all these flips and crap. Yeah, that stuff's amazing to me. What they but, can you know, do. They say that the uh, pommel horse is actually probably the hardest event that's that one where they are, look like they're, and they flip off yeah no that's the vault the bomb horses where they are like it's on oh, it looks like they're on the ball yeah and they're like kind of doing like b-boy moves on top of it you know what i'm saying uh what was your what was your event time that you uh, watched so i'm trying to think of summer olympics i know for the winter olympics it's the curling when they bust out those brooms and throw the little pucks down the ice and they you know like shh you seen that? <laughs> That's my Why favorite. would you go for the unathletic one? Like you, boy, I tell you, it's just time. Come on, right? Yeah. Come on. Come I don't. On, I man. feel like that. It, and this is just me, and I've never played it in my life. Okay, but I feel like if you put me out there, I would be able to compete with the best of them because yeah, hundred percent, bro, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's pushing a damn stuff. You can't even beat me in shuffleboard. How are you gonna beat me in that? Bro, that's because you have a shuffleboard. Okay. We you don't think they do this all the time? You know all the hazards and shit at on your shuffleboard. I don't. And you don't know the hazards on the, on the thing either. Well, I will because we all be playing on the same one. We'll all be coming from different countries playing on the same one. Disagree. Which, 
which leads me to this, which leads me to this. So this weekend, I'm so obviously before the Olympics came, you know, I watched the qualifying. I watched everybody having the qualifying stuff like that. And I'm like, dang, you know, this is stupid. Why is Simone Biles, the one of the greatest Olympians of all time, why is she having to compete or qualify for the Olympics? Whereas these people on the basketball team were just picked, chosen, and they can't win a fucking game. Somebody explain that to me. Well, I, I think it's the difference between, you know, you can't how do you test the individual talent of a basketball player? Well, the problem we have with NBA is our the best players in the NBA don't all choose to play. You have to you have to try and get people to play. That's the thing is like the best players in the NBA, half of them don't even want to play in this in the Olympics or they've done it already and they're good. They're over it. And so they're just picking and choosing players that, hey, we can get to come do it, which isn't our best players. And some of them aren't even the best players in the world. So and as you see, Evan Fournier can lead a team back to beat us. <laughs> yeah, but we we're, we're talking about the best best basketball players in the world like I, I used a lot of the nba players are foreign so they're playing on those teams overseas to are playing too against the uh u.s yeah i used to be the one to say hey you know uh the giannis and the bucks are world champions i don't think so now i i don't know if they can beat a european team i don't know if they can beat france i don't know if the bucks can beat france in a seven game series i don't know that uh i understand that the refs and uh, everybody over in Europe, they call it, well, Tokyo, they call things a little different because of the European Basketball League. I don't give a damn about that. Basketball is basketball no matter where you go in the world. It's a 10-foot basketball goal. The, the, the diameters and the parameters are the same as it relates to the court. I don't give a damn how hard they foul you. I don't care if you're a serial flopper like LeBron James. When you go to Tokyo or you go to the Olympics, period, I don't give a damn where you go. If you represent the United States or represent the last name on your back, I expect you to give me everything that you got, especially when you represent the whole country. But to lose to France and go, we're one in four right now, I think, and we just lost the first one uh, in group play. Everybody was like, ah, oh, it's an exhibition. Don't worry about it. Bro, we got KD on our team. KD. Arguably, right. arguably, let, let's let's make sure let's make sure we talk about this the right way because Gary, you said all our best players don't play. Now correct. we're talking about Kevin Durant. Okay, he's one depending of our best players, talk, correct? Right. Depending on depending on who you talk to, he is the best player in the NBA. Depending on who you talk to, correct. so we, you know we'll throw Giannis in there, we'll throw LeBron James in there, we'll throw Steph Curry in there. Let's just go top three, four, five, right? Why the fuck are we losing games, bro? Why are we losing games? We got Kevin Durant on our team. Giannis just won the championship by himself. <laughs> uh, You're telling me Giannis is better than Kevin Durant? Well, here's the thing is, I don't think these I, guys I, I got to hear this. I don't I think hear these this guys. Day, I want to hear well, this. Well, I think what's their difficulty they're having is the meshing together because you have all these individual talents and we've seen time and time again that team basketball, uh, whenever the talent is – because that's the big thing. The talent level across the world has gotten better as a whole. So whenever you have the talent level come up, the fact that some of these teams actually play together more often, 
like and have that continuity. Maybe they plug in one or two NBA guys that are not there. Uh, they're going to be better. They're going to have more chemistry, and it's hard to put pieces into a puzzle. And I really think Team USA would need more time, even though they probably are the most talented roster, but we've seen it. The better team that can play better team basketball, and especially with these international rules, it's, you know, it's kind of different. Let me, let me make sure I get win. this right. Let me make sure I get this right, Tom, because I I, I hadn't did any research. I'm pretty sure you haven't either, uh, Gary. I'm pretty sure you haven't. You're telling me right now as we talk about the Olympics and our basketball team suffering and going one and four, you're telling me that the teams that they're playing against have been together longer and have gelled, and they're not picking their teams like we which isn't ours? true either. And that's not. That's what it sounds like you're saying. That sounds like the excuse you're giving me right now, Tom, because if. France did the exact same thing that we did and we lost, then we are awful, bro. We are awful. There is five players in the NBA that were on Team France that has not played with the other guys, so the, the continuity thing doesn't make sense. Yeah, so I need a better excuse than that, Tom. That, that shit ain't You're a resident in basketball. Well, yeah. I'm not saying that – I don't know – you're right. I don't know exactly how much time they spent together playing, but I know as a whole these guys have spent more time together playing – than than the, the guys in the NBA. Like, so, there are people on there that have played together. Okay, so with that being said, I this is what I see it as. And, and I'm going to do some research. I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit so I could do this research. But the this is what I thought the Olympics was, from my understanding. It was, like, very similar to football or soccer in other countries, where when they come together and put their national team together, it's a bunch of players from club teams in that country, they put them together, they jail, they go out, and they compete on a national level. Is that not how the Olympics work as it relates to basketball? Because I do know this. A couple weeks ago, I'm watching TV, and I see Simone Biles trying to qualify for the Olympics. And she is one of the most decorated Olympians of all time. Like, I don't think anybody's going to even come close to beating her. Like, she is the best, the creme de la creme of all the gymnastics, and they fucking made her qualify for the Olympics, bro. Are, do you hear what I'm saying, bro? They're making her qualify. Why couldn't they do it like the basketball players? Hey, you in, Simone. Don't worry about all because the flips. They, I, I don't know why. But I think it's because is they that have not stupid? Well, I think because they have to qualify in other sports. I think in basketball and other sports, you just have your national team and that's your team for basketball. You don't have right. to. I don't think there's that qualifying for any country. I think your country just holds a tryout. Bro, I didn't see Kevin Durant one time shoot a basketball for the Olympic trials. No. That's because he tries out during the year when he's playing the NBA. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. It makes sense, I, I guess. I, I, I get like I don't. I think you get like, what I'm saying though, like and, no, and everybody's wondering why the fuck our basketball team sucks, and we're picking them. That's why we're picking them. Well, I think like it's a big deal. Is like like you said, these players haven't played together, but I don't think that's the biggest thing. I think some of it is like we have our best, some of our best players turn it down. Like if we wanted, we could had literally have our super top superstars and just dominate. But we don't do that anymore. It, basically not since the dream team have we had all stars, like all amazing people on the Olympic team. And then that showed because the dream team, they never lost by, they never won by less than 30 something points. That was the closest margin of victory. We have close games now. So like things have changed. Obviously the talent has grown internationally as well than what it was. 
that's a true statement because there's a lot of players in the NBA that are international now. So okay. I think that plays into it. But I do I think a lot of the players, like we have a lot of guys turn it down and we just have guys that aren't they're as good as the other players that are on the other team. And well, that's the thing is we only have our and I don't know, they should be winning. I agree. We shouldn't have an issue, but well, I, who knows? I, what, when I was watching the basketball game, they said we hadn't lost a game since 2004. 2004, Gary. Yeah, I we stopped. We 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 snapped a 25 game win streak. So it may have started with the dream team, but it didn't end with the green dream. I mean, the dream. Uh, the no, dream but team. games got closer over the times. The right? dream I, team blew everybody out. Since then, I don't think it's really been blowouts. We've had closer games, but that was the last time that teams were just demolished. Okay. I, okay. I I just I I feel like there's a better way to. I mean, I want to get guys that want to play in the Olympics. I don't want to get guys that have to be coerced into going over to Tokyo and just suiting up and playing for it. Like I want the like, hungry guys. You do have some guys like Drew Holiday. He just played in the finals and then he went directly there. Like he had no break. Like that's tough on guys like that. Obviously, he's in the in the role, but like. To me, other guys that weren't weren't playing in the playoffs, they should have been had playing together, getting ready, because that way you're prepared. Again, you're you're representing America at that point. But I do have a question. I know we we talk we talk about basketball too much this time, so I'm moving it on to a different sport. Yeah. Uh, so I want to hear y'all's opinions when it comes down to this SEC possibly recruiting all these other schools to join, because. They already reached out to Texas and Oklahoma, supposedly. And now there's theory that they could be trying to reach out to Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State, and Michigan and try to make like a 20-team conference, a mega conference. I would like to know what y'all think of all that kind of stuff. What do you, is that good for college? Is that bad? Why? And what's your thoughts on it? Both. It's absolutely – it's both. So – so the SEC, let's let's just take a look at the SEC uh, from top to bottom. You have, and and this is just me, and, and y'all can say what y'all want to say, but Alabama is the cream de la creme of the SEC, okay? And then there's everybody else. But if you break down the SEC just by numbers and numbers alone, they probably have four or five teams every year to get close to the the uh, playoffs and they lose and they fall by the wayside. So if you look at the SEC from top to bottom, they have four or five teams. Now, if you bring in the Ohio States and the Michigans, now it's a very, very tough conference. Not only is it a very, very, very tough conference from top to bottom, but now we're going to get more eyes on the SEC. There's more money coming in. But this is why I disagree with the SEC going after all those big schools. And this is just me being a hater. Because if I can shift the powers to the SEC, I can lock out all other schools as it relates to marketing dollars. So everybody in the SEC from top to bottom are going to be making money from a player standpoint. Everybody outside the SEC is not going to make that much because you're not on TV as much as the SEC. Like literally 
every week there's going to be an SEC team, more than the SEC team, not just on the SEC network. It's going to be on ESPN, ABC, NBC, because now, you know, the Michigans that always get the NBC games and Notre Dames, all of them that get those, now they move to the SEC side. So now those marketing dollars are those everybody wants the SEC to speed easy, com- like really, they literally going to get everything. Not only are they going to get everything, but now when Alabama go to these bowl games and that money is trickled down through the conference uh, uh, after winning national titles or these bowl games, then now the SEC now is they're, they're generating more money. Not only are they generating more money, they're on TV every day. Now the, the player that never gets in the game that's sitting on the sideline is making two or $3,000 a game because, hey, I'm on this team. That's why I disagree with it, because they really monopolize college football. So we've already seen that forever. They've already been doing that to players. The college has been doing that forever. It's finally time the kids are getting it, which is good. But I think it could be a good thing. It could be bad. It could be good. Here's why I think it could be Tell me the good good. thing. I'm trying to see the good thing. So the good thing is, if you want Memphis to be in a national championship, you you could see Alabama lose to an Ohio State. They have to get through six more quality teams versus a Vanderbilt, a Kentucky. They don't have those aren't those aren't quality teams in the SEC. They have to get through these guys, which means they're going to eliminate themselves out of national championship contendership. There, in in the SEC there's technically only four possibly five on a good year teams in that conference. The rest aren't very good. Do you have you have you have LSU, you have Georgia, you have Alabama. You can usually count them as their top three teams. Then yeah. you'll have a mix of Florida, Texas A&M, and Auburn, who some yeah. years are good, some years are bad. Yeah. After that, the teams are they're hit or miss. You might get one yeah. good year out of ten. So like yeah. it's not like they're very they're not they're super top heavy. They have a couple good teams. So if you imagine if Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, and uh, Oklahoma win, they all got to play each other now which makes great TV to watch because we can never see those matchups unless it's a national championship. And then now you see, okay, if you beat this team, if Alabama goes undefeated against all these teams, yeah, they are the best team. And there's no more of this, oh, well, this team didn't get a chance because they lost one one lucky game and they didn't get to play and they would have probably beat them. Now they've beat all the top competition. Now they have to beat the top competition the other one. So I could, it could be a good thing, but I know what you're saying. I understand how it makes the other teams in the other conferences. Now they're going to have to form other conferences to make a to try to compete yeah. for the TV. But I think it can be done. But it can't. Just, it can't be done. You literally have handpicked all the good teams that are at the top of all the other conferences. Well, you still have all the Pac-12. You still have Nebraska, who has their own. Why don't nobody watch the Pac-12? You, they come on and fucking. 10 o'clock. Well, I know it's, that's the problem. For the East watching Coast. them on the West coast. Yeah, it's hard for the East coast, but I'm just, but it, there have teams that are good there. They haven't been good recently. They have been in the past with Oregon and USC was amazing back in the day. Yeah, but like, that's the thing that. is like, this could be a way to get the other conferences opportunities to get national championship bids. Because if you still have a championship in the sec, that means somebody's getting knocked out. If you have two undefeated teams, well, they're not going to be in the national championship. Now you have somebody else get it. If all these teams, you're going to limit who can get in those. Now. So that could be a good thing for other yeah. conferences, but it's still, I understand what you're saying. A 20 team yeah. conference would be outrageous, but yes. it would have to shake up all of college and how everything would have to change. Yeah. It'd be insane. That's I, I can't even believe that 
they even came up with that idea to try to make a super conference like that to knock out everything else. This is this yeah, is seriously crazy. monopolizing football. Well, that's my thing crazy. is, I my I'd hate to say it because obviously there, there are other colleges that are in SEC, but I could see them wanting to leave. They're, obviously, they're not going to leave because of money, but like you're telling me, people don't want to see. They're not going to want to see Vanderbilt versus Texas or. Te- Vanderbilt or Kentucky. I know I went to Louisville. One. This is not, because, but Kentucky is a bottom team in the SEC. Yeah. So, like Kentucky against uh, Ohio State, nobody cares about that game. Like it's going to make it harder for those teams to compete for sure. And then, how do you divide up the teams of ten and ten, and who's playing each other each year? Because they already have where they have to play certain teams every year. So, like yeah. Oklahoma plays Texas every year. So you got to have the Red River Shootout. So how do you have that? If they have to be on the opposite side, well, that's one of your games scheduled. So it'd be interesting how the scheduling aspect would work. And then you're not going to get any out-of-conference games. I think if you do that, you don't have out-of-conference games. You play all in-conference games. You don't get any of this, we get to play a Division II school anymore. You don't get to play any of that. You're playing all your conference every year, no matter what, if they did that. To me, that's the way to make it where, hey, you have a chance. You have to come ready to play every week. You don't get a bye week, basically. I like that. What you got, Tom? Well, to me, I think that's just, I mean, because like you said, that's going to take away all of the interconference rivals. And it's just, you might they might as well just start their own league and their own championship if they're going to do that. Like, <laughs> And you're, you, you make a good point about, like, they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to, uh, like, make an exception for people coming out of that conference because they're just going to beat each other up every year. So, I just I just don't see how that's gonna work well, and it almost feels like uh, feels like somebody's hoarding all the talent uh, in, into one conference, and it kind of reminds me of something else that we enjoy out here, which is uh, wrestling. Oh, so I wanted to get you nice transition. All right, look I, at that. I wanted to get y'all's take on what we've been seeing in AEW this week. <sighs> A bunch of rumors, if they come true. I mean, it could change everything. I know people. You have your WWE fan. I, I still watch WWE. We still. Watch I'm not it. excited about it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not excited I'm about. Super excited about it. But th- there's rumors out there that it's already a done deal that CM Punk will be coming back. It's just got to be signed the contract now. And there's heavy rumors that Del- Daniel Bryan could be an AEW. So, as a wrestling fan, obviously he'll Daniel- never go to AEW, bro. Daniel Bryan is the ultimate wwe jobber bro he's very similar i'm gonna tell you who he is i'm gonna tell you who daniel bryan is and everybody can attest to this but the last movie won't prove my point but you'll get what i'm uh daniel bryan is um what is his name uh the woody from toy store he's the fucking loyalist toy in the toy box he gonna do everything he gotta do to get back to andy and andy is wwe well, if you watched his last one, you know, Andy was, I mean, not Andy, but uh, Woody was like, you know what? I'm done. It's over with. I'm out. I don't think that Daniel Bryan has gotten to that point. They just didn't. It's not like he was fired. They just didn't renegotiate his contract. Correct. And to me, that's a slap in the face. If you don't want to pay him. Well, and he got his roots in New Japan. Well, New Japan wrestles with the AEW all the time and their talent goes to New Japan. Why not do both? Go to AEW. You can still wrestle in New Japan. You can do everything you want, and you're not restricted. He couldn't do it in uh, New Japan when he was at WWE. It's locked into WWE. So I think it could be um, great. 
And then I'm gonna like, tell I you know, right now, go ahead. it ain't gonna happen. And 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 this is the last reason why I'm gonna give you why Daniel Bryan is not gonna leave WWE, even though he didn't get re-signed. For a long time there, they wouldn't allow him to wrestle because of the shit that he had going on in his neck. His neck got well, and they decided to let him come back, and he wrestled, and it was a dream come true for him. He cried. He was all emotional. You think that he would give all that up to go to AEW to continue his wrestling career there? You don't think he would just wait out WWE because he was like, y'all have been loyal to me. I'm going to be loyal to you. If AEW is secretly a WWE company, I bet he would. No. <laughs> I hate Go ahead, you. You're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I hate no, conspiracy. I would say no, because uh, if they if they were that serious about him, why didn't you sign him? You've had since April. Well, they didn't re-sign him. Maybe we didn't re-sign you because of the pandemic. You know, you know, Vince gave him all the it's good, good excuses. He's, I, I, he's it's all. I'm giving you all my good excuses. Look, we got Correct. a lot of young talent coming up. Uh, we don't have the money to pay you. I wish we did. And you but don't we think don't Daniel Bryan sees through that? I mean, he's been in the business. He knows. He got the little eyes, bro. He got the little know. eyes. I'm telling you, man. If Daniel Bryan switch over to AEW, man, I'm gonna go to an AEW show with you and Ty. Hey, they're in Jacksonville. Come on, that's where I, how about that? How about that? That's the I that's the it. bit. If if Daniel Bryan you shows up, both of us to go. Got it. No, I'm not praying. <laughs> for both of us to go. I'll get hard. y'all tickets into the AEW now. I get y'all the tickets now. But as far as like your travel and stuff, like you know, it's been a pandemic and shit. I'm like Vince McMahon there. Like, okay. I got a hell of a lot of excuses on why I can't get you there. Well, but Jackson, once you get there, I got you. They're in Jackson, though. They film here, so you're good. I right, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think he'll go to AEW. Now, back to your CM Punk point. Yes. I, I don't think CM Punk should come back. I, there's so much hype in him. CM Punk is more valuable to wrestling, doing what he's doing now, than him coming back to wrestling. It's it's you got to see it as like a a rapper that just dropped like you got to you got to see like Lil Wayne after he dropped the Carter or Nipsey Russell. I mean, Nipsey Hussle when he dropped his last album, like you got to see it as like rappers or somebody dying in their prime. That's how it was for CM Punk. His career died in his prime and everybody's just like he's the goat because his career died in his prime. He walked out. I, I'm, he pulled a Jordan. Regardless he of what he did, Jordan. I'm talking about his career. I feel like that's more of a Barry Sanders. It even exactly. <laughs> Barry Sanders will go down as one of the greatest, the greatest running back, in my opinion, of all time because of what he did with the opportunity that he had. It didn't go down to like him having 30 years or 20 years or a, a, a long career. It's the fact that he did no, the most. All, all that matters him. is how long your career is. No, it doesn't. It doesn't oh, matter how long you're Well, somebody is. on this podcast thinks that. Oh, wow. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. You think longevity it's, it's, is it's what you do. It's no, what you do with the time that. that you have. Correct. Yes. Right. It has nothing CM to do with Punk, longevity. Yes. If you choose not to, that's on you. Absolutely. Because that we know be right now, you. had Lil Wayne shut it down after the Carter, he'd have been the greatest to ever live to do it. But he kept doing it, and longevity wasn't on his side. It, wasn't, it just wasn't on his side. We could say that for maybe Tupac and Biggie too. Had they stayed the duration and not got off there, now granted, we can't go back and see that, but had they not left us early, maybe they'd not be the greatest of all times because now they have a time to make music to cancel themselves or fall into some slump or drought or whatever it is. I'm saying that CM Punk is better for wrestling, not wrestling, 
versus coming back wrestling because now, you know, we saw him in, in UFC, him losing, like, damn, that's jacked up, man. Come back to wrestling. Come back to wrestling. We miss you. We love you. Come back. The fact that we want him to come back is what he need to feel. Like, we love you because we want you to come back. But once you come back, you you under our judgment. You under, like, damn, bro, what you been doing? And now you, you came back, and this is what you're bringing back? So my thing with CM Punk, I think it would be amazing because if he came back, just think about what it's going to do to the wrestling business. Imagine, you think he still got his mic skills. You yes. think he still has his you mic skills. You don't lose skills. that. You don't Jeez. lose it. You do not. You telling me Chris Jericho lost his ever? I'm not. John Cena lost his. I'm, John Cena was never good on the mic. I never Bro, considered what? him good. You, when I say good, we're talking Ric Flair, Chris Jericho, The John Rock, Cena Stone Cold. That's moment. good on the mic. John oh. Cena had his moments, but I would never consider him one of the tops on the mic. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Who, hold on, hold on. I, I just want to make sure that I understand what you're Go saying ahead. right now. Ric Flair. You're correct. Ric Flair. I, I want to make sure you – he cut one of the best promos correct. ever. One time. You can't give me another fucking promo that he cut other than the so You can, just stealing. nobody would know because it was all late 80s, early 90s. Bro, nobody would know him because that shit wasn't good. They wasn't I'm, I'm good promo. Gonna blast, I'm not going to let the blast. He cut one good promo, bro. He cut no. one good promo. No, he I cut one good no. promo, bro. You can't tell me another crazy. one that he cut. You can't tell right me another now. one that he cut. I, I'm just telling you, there, there are so much better people with mic skills than John Cena. You have The Rock. Better. I, yes. Stone yes. Cold, better. Yes. Chris Jericho, better. Na no, you still hadn't named me one that's in the WWE right now that has better mic skills than John Cena. Right now in the WWE? Well, maybe Seth Rollins. Maybe. Eh. Maybe. Ar eh. I'm saying arguably. I'm not saying. Maybe. John Cena had his moment where he there's was There's only the one mic. person. There's only one person that's the go to the mic, bro. There's only one person that's the go to the mic, and that's Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, single-handedly, I don't know if you saw it, but when he came out and he had the conversation with John Cena and he left talking about, you know, uh, when John Cena said the champ is here, he hit him with the tribal chief is here and then played his music through his vocals on the way out. I was like, this is fucking legend shit right here because people don't do this. And it took everything in John Cena's uh, body to keep him from laughing. Very similar to when... Um, not a break, yeah. Yeah, try not to break character. And I'm like, dude, this is great. This is legendary right here. That's There's nobody better than Paul Heyman on the mic, period. He oh, is no, number one. I would one. agree with you. I would, but he's not a wrestler. I'm talking about wrestling. Exactly. I, so I, when we compare people, I'm comparing people to Paul Heyman. I'm putting CM Punk in that category, and there's only one other guy that I'm putting in that category. You're not putting Cena? I'm not putting Cena in that category. But there's only one other person that I'm putting in that category, and that's Bray Wyatt. Everybody else can kick rock. Okay. There's nobody had, else. If you had original Bray Wyatt right now, he would be better than John Cena on the mic. But they're not they're not letting him talk. You, and you know that. Just his character right now, they don't let him do it. But yeah. if he was able to talk, he's a but, better on the mic. So, I'm John saying Cena has good his on moments. the mic, though. I, I didn't say he's terrible. I'm saying I would never consider him a top echelon on the mic, though. He's good, but he's not a top guy. No, he's Bro, not, did you hear not, the pop that he got when he got the, back? Doctor because of economics, he baby. always gets pop. Like he he ha always has been getting pop. Like that's the thing. And I'm still not a fan of him. He's still Bro. like like he even created. He has the same. He's I'm not a fan of John Cena so either. He reminds me of a of Roman Reigns in the aspect they had the same move set and they do the same thing over and over. They don't change things up. 
And it's the that. same thing. So I like that. that. So I take in all of it. He he has his moments, but he is not in the same level as Chris Jericho, as CM Punk. Not even nah, close. They, yeah, they legendary. And that's that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like so, imagine if you had CM Punk to, on the mic with Chris Jericho, or going against John Moxley's character, where he can say what he wants to say and not on a script. Or you have MJF, who is arguably one of the best mic skills bro, right he's now a, that's up and period, coming. Period, bro. MJF is period. Like, there's nobody close. Imagine they're, they're talking on the mic how crazy it could be. Imagine him talking to uh, Matt Hardy on the mic. Matt Hardy's good on the mic with his characters. Uh, it depends on the character he's in. Yeah. Like the just, broken one was good, but, but like, like traditional Matt Hardy, I wasn't a fan of. I'm Kenny, always Jeff Hardy. Kenny Omega on the mic with them would be great. Just and even if you had Daniel Bryan, if he went too, you have matches with Daniel Bryan, you have matches with Kenny Omega, you have you have matches with MJF, you have Cody Rhodes who's good on the mic in AEW, who's uh, who's super. So you don't think so you don't think Cody Rhodes and John Cena are the same person on the mic? I would say they're yeah, I'm saying he's good. I didn't say he was great. I'm saying it was oh, okay. good to see against. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I think I mean I feel what you're there's saying. There's good, there's great, there's exceptional. There's bro, I'm I'm telling you right now, as I sit down right here, bro, I and I, I get it. I understand. I'm a Rick Fair fan. Fan. Yeah. He cut one promo, bro, that was dope. That was the kids that like, I I'm as far as his mic skills in the ring, the wooing and the energy levels. Okay, yeah, I get it. But his promos were not the promos like Stone Cold Cut. Like um, I'll give you another one that by wrestlers who say he's the best all time on the mic. Roddy Roddy Piper. He gets yeah, no love. Go watch his documentary. It I is amazing because you'll see all of the other wrestlers that he is the in, he is the reason why people are so good on the mic because they studied him because how well he did it at preparing himself because he was such a good villain and he could handle it on the mic. That's another that does not get that credit. I don't know, bro. I, I, I've heard CM Punk say some crazy shit, bro. I was just sitting there. His wordplay, I was like, ooh. But again. MJF, his wordplay. I was g- like, ooh. Give me, another, uh, give me another one besides the pipe bomb you can talk about with CM Punk. Right, that's what I was going to bring the, up. The, the <laughs> one, the, when, when he had the feud with, um, when he had the feud with, I mean, the feud with The Rock, when he told him that he wasn't a legend, that he was a god, he was a wrestling god, I was like, dude, this motherfucker, CM Punk don't care. It, it's, all, it's all in this certain... He uh, crushed, he well, crushed The Rock on the mic, bro. No, it's like he, does, he does great in the story, just like storylines-wise. It's just like when he went against Undertaker... The storyline he had, because this is right after uh, Paul Bearer died, and he was yeah. bringing around the urn. Yes. Both of them on the mic were exceptional. Undertaker was yes. exceptional. He doesn't talk on the mic that often, right. but he was great. You can put Triple H and Shawn Michaels top echelon on the mic during the DX phase. But before, other than that, you wouldn't yeah, consider they it were, exceptional. They were dope. Hope Hogan on the yeah. mic in NWO, exceptional. But other times, no. You have your moments where they're exceptional because of the storyline or their character, just like Bray Wyatt. Right now, he doesn't talk. I wouldn't consider him a top mic guy. But when he was Bray Wyatt, he was yeah. amazing. Oh, so bro. I, think, I think it breaks it down to that. So that's why I say Cena's good. I said he has his moments where he's been great, but I would never consider him exceptional. I think Chris Jericho's Always been amazing. Every oh, he has, he has, great. he has. But I, here's a here's a here's a question that I got for you guys before we go on to the next topic. Chris Jericho, obviously, he's unbelievable on the mic. How the fuck 
I, I in my and this is just me in my opinion, I, and I don't know anything about acting, but I I'm a firm believer that Chris Jericho is a better mic guy and a better actor than John Cena and Miz. Don't get mad at me and the Miz as far as mic skills. Also, it's funny act. you mention it. Another good on the mic is Miz. Mike's yeah, really he's good he's really good. Mic. They they're burying him right now. But I mean, I like his mic skills are unbelievable. That's what got him in there from the real world. Real world is the fact that he was really quick on his feet. Yeah. And it's gotten him to where he is today. But I don't understand. Why does Chris Jericho not have movie roles? Why does MJF not have movie roles? CM Punk, like these guys. How, how did John Cena get this? Was it because of his look? Why does I think it's I think a lot rock? of it is Chris Jericho didn't pursue it. These guys aren't pursuing uh, acting. Okay. I didn't know the if Rock they got found or wanted to pursue acting. Okay. It was more right. they used so wrestling was their first thing, and then it catapulted them to have the ability to get into that it. That makes sense. I think Chris Jericho had it. He just chose it. I don't want to. I enjoy wrestling. Or he was also a musician. He tours with his band all the time. That's his side gig. He'd rather do that than do acting. Okay. That makes sense. Would well, you? I mean, I just all I can say is John Cena can tell a story on a microphone, and I think that that is one of the things that I enjoy that makes him great. And I'm gonna leave that right there. But speaking of telling stories, let's talk about serve the story. Hold on, before we get on serve the story, I got a question. I, uh, I have a question. Okay, and okay. You can you can probably cut this out if you want yeah, to because this is the question the that I have. Yeah, I'm 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 not. I just got a question. Okay, so when we talk about album covers. When we talk about album covers, I'm going into like you you see the iconic thriller uh with right, Michael Jackson, right. you know, sitting with his elbow down in the white suit, or you see, you know, the Beatles walking across Abbey Road, uh, in their 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 album cover. Why are these album covers so famous? Are they famous because of the history that's associated with them? Like maybe, you know, Abbey Road, I don't really know much about it. Or, you know, I don't know much about Michael Jordan's suit. Or is it famous because the music that's associated with that album cover? So I didn't know Michael Jordan made her album. I mean, Michael Jackson is what okay. I meant. Michael Jackson, yeah. <laughs> no, I would say it all, it all boils down to the music. I think just that music's what made that because it was such both those albums. You want to talk about Beatles and you want to talk about Michael Jackson's Thriller. Those yeah. albums themselves had so many hits on them. They're shown everywhere. So the album cover became synonymous with them and with poke, with folklore or with pop culture in general. So I think it's the music they created is what created those things to be so iconic. Yeah, right? so like the Queen album when they had the, Correct. the hits and the, yeah, so it's because of the, the music. It's all the music that was created is what made the thing, the, uh, the album covers stick out. It had nothing to do with where they were at, what they were wearing. I don't think any of that mattered. I think it, they could have just okay. been, it could have been a box. It could have literally just been a box with nothing on it. And if you release that great music, that album covers everywhere and you're going to see it and it becomes synonymous with everything. Yeah. Cause right now it doesn't matter what you drop or, or what you do. I think the last like album cover that I remember, remember was uh get rich or die trying with 50 cent with the bullet hole yeah i was gonna bring that one yeah yeah everybody everybody just uh it's all streaming now everything everybody streams or they just download virtually so they don't get album covers so that's the death of the album cover huh damn yeah yeah and i think i think it definitely is the music because you know you can have the coolest album artwork ever 
but if you don't have any songs to tie to that artwork you're not going to the album for the artwork it's about the art that's on the album and then so that gives you something to associate with how good the album was okay i'm glad you said that because i jay-z's blueprint do you remember what was on the album cover Thank you. That's all I, I wanted. That's I I, that's all I wanted. That's I wanted to prove a point. Yeah. So that means that the music that's on there is not legendary enough. Correct. For you to remember the album. I'm not a Jay Z fan, so no. I'm but I can tell you. But either. I can tell you, Nas Elmatics cover. Right. I mean, I know. <laughs> is is that the one where he's smoking a cigar, sitting somewhere or something? Oh, I don't know. I just assumed that it was a blueprint on the front. Oh, no. I don't know. Well, I mean, but yeah, like Gary said, but I think it's it's you know, if that's your music genre and that's your you know. But I and you know this the the thriller album that one is one of those ones that's like timeless no matter if you even really like Michael Jackson or not because you know obviously you're talking about what that was number one record sale for forever I'm not sure if it still has yeah. so that's yeah. part of it but back to what I was getting at I need y'all All boys right. to talk to me about this serve the story season five that dropped on YouTube now artwork Fr- Friday oh insane bro insane and for all of you out there that haven't seen it's chapter five or any, chap- of them. any of them chapter one two three four five so much improvement from each one oh, he's, man. he's making so our artist is making so much more animated things are oh, starting to come getting, alive and it's getting better it and better and loving it it's 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 getting insane bro to the point where like i watched the i let the kids watch it and they're just like daddy it's so cool. Can we watch it again? They've watched Love and Basketball like six times, bro, because they like the storyline. I love it. Like to the point, bro, now where they literally say the words when you say the words as you're saying <laughs> it. And I'm just, I'm sitting over there so proud. But it's never when I'm talking though. It's either when you talk yeah. or when you're talking yeah. time. So I'm just like, damn, y'all don't like my part. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they get enough of your voice every day. So. Correct. That's, They're that's over probably what it is. But Man, isn't that one, funny? Does that make does it make you feel like you're an animated or an animator now? Do you sit back and think like when they're watching Disney and you're like, hey, that's my voice on there that they're copying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's amazing because I think it's at Within the next few, he's going to be making it where it's fully animated. It's going to get yeah. to that point, and that's awesome. I think it's he's already doing a great job, yes. and uh, he's just going to keep improving. And yeah, our so, stories, obviously, they're all over the place, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, each chapter is it own is its own chapter and its own story. It's its own thing. So chapter one and five don't they're not the same. They're completely different. All you got to look at it like, like Doctor Seuss. I mean, not like a Dr. Seuss. You got to look at it like a Goosebumps trilogy. Like everything falls under serve the story, but each chapter is different. Like a book in uh, 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 R.L. Stein's, uh, uh, what do you call the collection? Uh, encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Is that what you call a collection of books? Yes, you can. Yeah. 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 But that's what you got to do. So if you guys get time, go over to our Cinnamon and Sugar uh, YouTube page subscribe and go check out some of the certain stories man they're they're pretty dope uh gary myself time we put a uh a lot of um uh improv hours into these uh and our animator has brought it to life and it's he's done a great job bringing it to life and just for reference season six will not be showing we'll be going to take about a month and a half off giving our animators some time and then we're going to be back 
for the serve the stories. We'll still be here doing the podcast, but the serve stories. It'll be a little bit of time, but we're going to get those think, done back soon. I think what we need to do, though, in the meantime, and you know, this can be behind the scenes curtain for everybody. Why don't we set up a uh, watch party where we do a live reaction to it, and we'll put that on our YouTube. Oh hell yeah, let's do that. So that'd be that. That could be good. Give them a little yeah. something to watch in the meantime. Yeah, man, we should check that out, man. This the, chapter five is something else, though. And and the reason why we can't really talk about much of the chapter or anything that happens in the chapter because we don't want to give anything away through, uh, you know, spoilers. Even though he pocket. loves yeah. to spoil everything, but oh, that's why I can't say nothing because I'm gonna definitely spoil it. I'm gonna say some <laughs> shit where you just like, dude, don't say that. And I'm like, well, it's too late now. Nah, I let it go. <laughs> and for the fans of the Amazing Race. This one was started by one of the contestants. That by was the on one the- and only James Wallington. All right. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to drop it or not, but there you go. Oh, good. He started it up for <laughs> us. And uh, so season six and season seven also have special guest starters as well. So oh, be ready. Look be at ready. That. Look at that. Be ready. Well, that will wrap it up for this week's episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast. And we appreciate you tuning in. And that's anybody, interesting. That is very interesting, Tom. Hey guys, I'm that gonna, will wrap it up for us when you didn't tell us when you didn't wrap it up and got somebody pregnant, and we had to find oh out through. Oh Lord, have mercy! Here it, we go. It, it is crazy because we were told. I first time I found out was on Facebook. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and we talk to each other fucking every week, bro. I he had, he, then he gonna say, "I thought I told y'all." Like how you thought I you thought told, I told him? y'all? Or it's not that close, obviously. Yeah, right. That's what he, he, we got to remember. He has been to Jacksonville twice and never seen my house. It's not there. actually oh, Jacksonville. Right. We, were, right. we were about that's an right. hour north of Jacksonville, and I don't have a car when I'm there. So it's well, Gary, I'm, I'm glad that he told you that because he called me and told me that they was coming down to visit and they was going to stop by the crib. And then during the time he said they was going to stop by the crib, he never called, texted, anything. And then I asked him the next day, like, bro, what happened? He was like, oh, man, we had a change of plans. But damn, you ain't going to tell the person that... <laughs> Sounds like a time move. We did not have plans. I said it's a possibility. And then that shit going on Toxic Tuesday, man. People that make plans with you. They make plans with you and then don't call and tell you when the plans are changed. And you just over there. Speaking of Toxic Tuesday, when's that going to come to uh, the YouTube channel? Didn't talk about it. I'm I'm work I'm I'm working on it this Tuesday. We may have a Toxic Tuesday coming to the YouTube channel. No may. It is, I'm joining it. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. Tuesday, we'll see. Eight-ish, eight, between eight and eight thirty, somewhere around that time. Depending <laughs> on when down. I come back. Don't let me down. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna tell you something, Gary. I told my wife this. Uh, she thought it was funny. Well, we had the conversation the other day when you was talking about, and then we can close this podcast out. When uh, she said, when you was talking about, you know, you're not going to your grandfather's funeral. I said, yeah, I'm gonna make him a pallbearer. So uh, he can let me down one last time. Wow. <laughs> wow. The joke's been used, sir. The joke's been used. Yeah, I know. It's been <laughs> like, I, I said I that. I need you to come up with some more material. She was like, wow, you really said that? I was like, yeah, me and Gary kind of at that level now where we can, we can joke about stuff like that. <laughs>
That seems like a perfect place to end this podcast. <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in for this week's episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. And if you have any extra funds to send to me, because I owe Gary $50. You do. <laughs> my, my memo is at time. T-H-Y-M-E I appreciate y'all tuning in You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast Featuring D'Angelo Williams And Gary Barnage You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast Featuring D'Angelo Williams And Gary Barnage You are now listening to 